Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of the second season of the Turtle Theory Podcast. I got my friend Farhan Mukin over here. Farhan, how you doing? You pronounced my last name abominably. You know, that's a word. Pukit I'm, I'm trying, dude, I'm trying. Let yeah. me tell you, I'm trying to speak at the moment in like the best way possible. I understand. This is difficult. It is very, very difficult. If you're wondering what the heck is going on right now, I got braces like two days ago. Oh no! Absolutely, yeah, I'm absolutely oh, no. dying at the moment. Okay, you know, nice job complaining about the fact that you can afford healthcare, man. <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot, dude. Thank you, really appreciate it. Anyways, of course. Of course. Anyways, you introduced a topic last week. I'm gonna introduce it this week. Actually, this came to me. I was going through Snapchat, and. Facebook and Instagram, they have a sick sense of humor because I was complaining about how much I absolutely hate these things. And I got an ad for Invisalign. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I I I am I am a semi-bearded man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Semi as in the space under my chin decides to not have to talk testosterone. Anyways, um the hair that is on my face. There was a time where I regrettably shaved it. Um, well, come to see, I posted about it. In fact, I talked to a couple of friends about it. Um, you know, it's a big event. Yeah, yep. I get an ad, not even one. I get multiple ads, shaving cream, shaving <laughs> razors. No, listen, listen, listen. I even got one that, and I even got one right. I searched up how to make my beard grow back faster because I was so miserable in how I looked. And and literally, I, I went on Instagram right after searching that up and it, it was like, oh, beard growth oil. Beard growth oil. That's that's horrible, man. Like, all right, let me tell you. I, I think we have different opinions on this issue. I don't know what your opinion is exactly on it, but we wanted to sort of talk about once. We wanted to talk about technology. I know that we've been talking about technology for quite a while in this podcast, but... Oh, this is the, this is the tech podcast at this point. At this, this point, is... yes. No, but yeah, go on. Yeah, no, like, I was watching this this really interesting documentary, The, the Great Reset, um, and they started talking about basically what the future is going to be. It's going to be privacy versus uh commodity and that's why i wanted to sort of bring it up to this podcast i don't know if i don't know what your thoughts on that are for him well i think it's i think it's difficult because it's um it's it's a choice i think that our ancestors kind of made for us Mm. right because it's or not even ancestors just the people before us because we have developed the foundation for a for making things easier for ourselves and in doing so, we kind of just decided that, oh, well, we have to sacrifice some things to make things easier, which has always been the case, no matter what. And it's getting to the point where one of the things you're sacrificing in order to make things easier is privacy. Do I believe that's wrong? Do I believe we have the right to privacy? Absolutely. But it's not that we chose it for ourselves, but the people before us perhaps 
did. Yeah. That, that, that does make sense. What I would say the logical question that would come after that is Are you happy with the way that the world is right now? And I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about because I know there's a lot of stuff going on outside of, of the scope that we talk on here, but I'm talking about the technological aspects of the world. Are you happy with that? No. Hmm. I would, I would, I would. Well, happy is, is interesting. I am either happy or not happy what and usually it has nothing to do with technology or it has all the all to do with the technology but okay you know what now i'm thinking about it what i just said made no sense at all man but let me let me let me reset that a little bit yeah are you satisfied Mm. with the route that technology is taking doesn't matter if I'm satisfied. I don't think so. It's already going. It's out of control. But I mean, sure, yeah. I'm. It's it's making things easier for me. I'm really not one. I know it's like kind of a a cliche thing to say. Hey, I have nothing to hide. Well, that's not the point. But really and honestly, um, I could care less if the government knows all of the stuff about me, because it, it it's it's bound to happen. It was bound to happen from the start. Ever since, um, I think I told you this, uh, like ever since a Neanderthal decided to make the first tool, um, we were just we we're just developing on these tools and until and to an, to a point where the tools require more information than we're willing to give to function properly, right? Um, yeah, I I guess that's my take. We really have no choice, but whether I whether I'm satisfied or not doesn't matter. I am of a different school of thought. I do definitely agree that okay. since the very beginning, we sort of have been trying to get as comfortable as possible with our environment, with our world. May I add, may I add it? Um, I remember this is a little bit off topic, but I remember you said you, you were explaining, I think earlier on the podcast in, in an earlier episode, you were, you were explaining the story about a man who met an alien from a different planet in the, in the planet. There's no such thing as money. You mm-hmm. need food, you go get food. You need help, you go get help. You need a doctor, you go get medicine. Yeah. Or, you, or you go get a doctor. Um, to the same extent, capitalism started when the first time a person put a circle around some land and said, this is mine. You know? And then yeah. that grew, like at, at that point in time, the scope, they, they couldn't realize the scope of what they were doing. Yeah. But it grew to this point where it's what we have today um this it, it's it's essentially what our lives kind of depend on you know the, to the same extent tools capitalism uh, uh other things can all be traced down to like these fundamental things we did at the very beginning of our species that we really had no choice over that like in as individuals i i would i would say i would go a little bit further than that actually i wouldn't say it's just capitalism i would say it's pretty much every economic system. yeah yeah, yeah exactly even, even let's say even communism, which is some people regard it as the complete opposite of capitalism, you still have people in power that are able to distribute jobs, they're able to distribute land. So you have people in power, and I think that's that's pretty much the basis of human life. Who's out of power? And I think let me put let me put an idea here. I don't know if you agree with this. We are getting to a point where governments don't have as much power as tech companies 100 100 you know why i agree with that money 
Now listen, cryptocurrency, what is that? The basis of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, all that kind of stuff, is that it's quote-unquote decentralized, meaning there is no power governing what it is, right? Like every every shareholder in, in crypto and every share, every person that has Bitcoin has, it's, it's democratized to the, to, to, to the very purest extent. So yeah, they're definitely losing control. And tech companies, tech companies are, I think, hmm. Okay, think about this, for example. If there were, there's a situation, um, this is a practical example, where, in, where the government or someone, the FBI, arrested a criminal. I forgot for what felony, but essentially, they, the criminal had an iPhone. Yeah. The FBI asked Apple, hey, we need a backdoor to iPhones of criminals because then we can access information that could help us ensure the safety of citizens. Apple said no. And Apple had every right to say no. And to this day, they're, 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 they're actually perpetuating the notion. They're perpetuating their ability to say no. You know? To the government, to whoever. Um, yeah, I, it, that's just one situation where a tech company kind of exercises their powers to do what they think is right. And for, for most people, I don't know, that, that, that can be debated, but yeah. Let me put a completely different example of that, which mm-hmm. is what's happening in China right now. The, the reason, whether you agree with it or not, but the reason why Trump, at least the, the public reason that he gave, uh, for banning companies like Huawei in the U.S. was that if the Chinese government is to ask for any kind of data on the users of said companies, they're obligated to do so. They're obligated to give it to the government. Right, right. In the U.S., you don't see things like that. Like, for example, with the Apple thing that you just told me about. But you get to a point where companies like Huawei, like Apple, like Samsung, they're collecting so much data on people that they technically know more about us than our own governments, which is very scary, at least for me. Because if people freaked out when they heard, when when Snowden went out and and told everyone that they were being being spied on. Yeah, Snowden, that's a whole different issue. But when he told everyone that they were being spied on by the government through the Patriot Act, they immediately lost their minds. How dare the government come and look at my phone, look at my private data. But we put, at least the libertarians and people that have those sort of opinions, they put so much emphasis on the government, but many of them ignore tech companies, when in reality, they're mining more data than governments themselves. Uh You know, I honestly, I don't mind it. Because, okay, okay, look at this. Say I go to Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My phone knows I'm in Miami. And then I get recommended these places in Miami to stay in hotels. I get recommended um things like a uh, surfing lessons, that kind of stuff. It it does it makes our life easier. And I feel like we're kind of stunting its growth by trying to fight against it. It's um it it it's already out of our control. I, I watched this that I think it was um the social dilemma on Netflix, very, very popular documentary, kind of discussing this entire topic, 
really that it's out of our control. Um, the the systems and everything can't it the as long as the internet lives on, the systems live on. The systems live on. And you know, we can't just turn off the internet. Our entire world is based upon this fabric of communication and connection. Um, the money systems, laws, just how we yeah, how we interact with people as people. They, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. It's the interaction of people. That's also another very interesting thing. Again, with this documentary, the the Great Reset or the Big Reset. I forgot the exact name of it. Actually, uh, I'll probably put in the description of the the episode. Very interesting. Very interesting. Interesting documentary. They put forward this this thing that's going on in China at the moment, which they talk about how. They talk about how they now have servers, like robot servers. You don't need a server to go to your table and give you your food. You have a little robot carrying plates around. They bring it to your table. You serve yourself, and then you eat. The benefits of this, there's two benefits of this. Number one, you're not paying tips. And number two in this sort of pandemic environment, you're not coming into contact with another person. That's that's sort of what, what they're they're calling for. There are more benefits, I I'd, I'd say, right? If I can well, most definitely, most definitely. I I think that's just yeah, the like, big two. Yeah. That's just the big two that come also food gets cheaper because they don't need to pay as many employees for sure. So definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. However, however, yep. for me, the big issue is I like it. When someone comes to my table, greets me, has that human interaction with me. I'm a very extroverted person. I like connecting with people. Mm. I can't do that with a robot. And so you're creating this world where people are no longer going to be extroverted. They're not going to be, they're not going to need the skills of talking to other human beings, which they do not know, because you remove that sort of obstacle or challenge from them the thing is okay let me let me give you a hypothetical situation evolutionarily a person who says hi to as many people as possible versus a person who conserves to himself as much as possible which is more likely to survive long term actually not even say hi like experimental People that like will eat every berry he sees, will try to interact with every with every animal he sees, will say hi to every person he sees. So you're pretty much talking about a an experimental person versus a person like a more traditional person, someone that keeps to what they know, kind of more conservative. Yeah, definitely. The, exactly, yeah, definitely the conservative person is gonna last more. I think at least than the person who's experimenting because they're more likely to die in a way, I think. To the same extent, extroverts, you can kind of relate relate that category of people to the experimental person. Whereas introverts, you can relate that to the more conservative person, right? So in that sense, when you say technology is getting rid of ex, um, uh, extroverts, that's kind of it's it's technology it's us 
playing our role in evolution, kind of, to make sure we survive longer by exterminating those who pose a risk by being so extroverted. The, the thing with that is... Mm. The thing with that is... What I said could have been very wrong. Like it, it, very, no, very no, wrong. no, no, no. Also, if, if it's not in the right context, it sounds horrible. It sounds like absolutely horrible. Like oh, over, absolutely. <laughs> who are exterminating, exterminating its roots. I, I also, um, I, must, I, must, I must preface. I'm talking as if evolution is like... I don't know. Evolution can be tricky to talk about. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm talking in the... I know uh, what you mean. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think actually extroverted was the wrong word to use here. I think it's just experimental however you have a paradox here in the sense that the reason why we are where we at right now is because people experimented the internet wouldn't be here if someone didn't mm, look. yeah you're right exactly people that experiment are those that are creating advancements in society but technically at least to what you're proposing they're more likely to fail than someone that doesn't you know logan paul <laughs> <laughs> well logan paul he had this quote that um for whoever you know whatever he's done he has he has a history a reputation i won't comment on it but he he said this one thing he has this fight coming uh with floyd mayweather the best boxer of all time um you know be, like believe so he's going to and, die Oh, absolutely. He there's no they're like there's no contest. But when asked in an interview, hey, why are you taking this fight? Floyd is fifty and zero. He has never lost a fight in his life to the most competitive, to the most strong, the the best boxers in the world. And you know what Logan Paul said? He said, um, if I let statistics uh like rule the decisions that made in my life, I would be nowhere right now. You see, what do you think about that? Because I have my own thoughts, but I completely forgot. To, I completely forgot who said this, but I think he just ripped off the person that said you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Oh, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know he just he just ripped him off. <laughs> that that's a that's a great point. I should have thought of Wayne Gretzky <laughs> before giving Logan Paul any credit. My God. <laughs> I I mean most definitely. Most definitely, you do. That, I think that's a statistical fact. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> nice job. Thanks, bro. Thanks for that. <laughs> the, the mathematical analyzation. Thank you for that. That was awesome. Analyzation is not a word. I don't know what I just said. I, I do think that people who experiment are more prone to failure than those who don't. But they're more prone to astronomical success as well. Most definitely. Most definitely. It, I think the reason why you have people, you have, so for example, Facebook, let's say Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, this guy, as much as people oh, don't like him. the lizard man. The lizard, lizard man, man yeah. As much lizard as man. people don't like him, you got to give it to him. This man is smart. Absolutely smart. Nah, actually, I think it's kind of, this, it's, it's, I don't know. What did he do? Create a website? I can do that. Yes, you can do that. You can do that. I hate that. But you that will so fail. You will fail. I mean, most <laughs> oh, likely, you. most likely you will. <laughs> I most likely will. But he yeah. succeeded. 
That's the thing with people who experiment. There's a lot of them that do, but there are few that succeed. Oh, that that's very that's very interesting because I was just thinking about this. You know how you know how we see like success stories, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I was I was homeless. I didn't have a dollar to my name, and now I have ten trillion dollars mm-hmm. in real estate. Um, that whole story I feel like has been repeated. Well, that like synopsis of it has been repeated has been repeated so many times with so many individuals. Like, of course, if if you if you're rich now and you were poor before, that's how that works. But you have to think about, and they, and they all say the same thing: work hard, work hard. What does that mean? That's not the, that's not the secret. I don't think it is. There's no way it is. It's it's more of think about the people that that do work hard, that don't have a dollar to their name that didn't succeed, they're not able to tell their story, right? They're not, because they, they didn't succeed. So it's, it's kind of the, the rich perpetualize this notion that you work hard and you achieve something, yet I am, I am almost certain that there are many people who work maybe harder or as hard as the people that are very rich right now and didn't get as lucky and, don't, and aren't in the position to say their story. To say that they, um, you know, they worked hard and didn't make it. Because, and even if they could say that, and then that got to a lot of people, that makes them successful. So it's like this, this cycle of perpetuating this notion that work hard, successful. No, it, it's luck. A lot of it's luck and not to our choice at all. I, I forgot what choice I was connecting this. What, what I mean, not what choice, but point I was connecting this to that you had made. But yeah, there's just something I was thinking about. Let me put forward the example of Su- Susan Wojcicki. I think that's how I pronounce her last name. Okay. You know who that is? No, not at all. The C, uh, the CEO of YouTube. Uh, sorry, I oh. think, no, 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 not the CEO. She's the. Um, yeah, yeah. I, okay, so high up in YouTube. High, very high up person in YouTube. Absolutely horrible at it. She, she like from what i've seen at least from the youtube creators what they've posted incredibly unfair with a lot of people like give strikes to random people and those that do the survey usually don't get them do you know why she's there like at that why? position the the place where google started was in her garage mm-hmm. this is nothing with me saying of like gender norms or anything like that I'm yeah, just the reason the reason why she's there is because she had the opportunity, just the chance. She had the chance. It just happened to be her garage. And mm. she she and I'm not I'm not saying that, that she didn't do anything at all because technically, statistically. Actually, bro, that's not gonna go good with people. Let me just cut that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's another example I can give? Um, I'm just go with Google. I'm just go with Google. So let me let me put forward an example with that. Google, mm-hmm. Google, Apple. I don't know if Microsoft. I don't remember exactly, but those companies they started in a garage. Yep. I think many people have tried and failed to start a company in their garage. My point. Yep. 
I think the reason those three people, those not three people, those companies succeeded mm-hmm. is because they were able to dif- differentiate themselves from the crowd in a certain way. And not in the way that you're thinking. Google, okay. before well. Google, you already had Yahoo. Yeah. But then Google took over. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why they did it's literally just pure chance. Absolutely. Differentiation, not because they were special, but because they just so happened to be the one platform where people sort of like this one person came there. Oh, this looks nice. Let me tell someone else. And they tell someone else, someone else. To their own right, there must have been something that's good in there. But we never know if there was something better. Just because some people happen to find this specific website, that's the reason why it's so huge right now. Absolutely. I Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it also brings upon the importance of networking because the most, it's not about what you know more than it is about who you know, I feel like. Because I would not have, I would not have been, of course, I'm just, I'm only 16 years old. I have my life ahead of me, I guess. But, um, you know, I'd I'd say I'm happy with where I am right now. I would not have been where I am if I had not known the people I know before I, you know, before, like like my my, um, assistant principal. Had she had not believed in me, I would not be where I am. Had my mom not believed in me, I would not be where I am. If it was any other person in the entire world, I would not be where I am. Right? Oh, but it'll blow your mind. Okay, go ahead. This, go ahead. this is my concern with technology. Okay. The reason why you are where you are is because of your personality, because of the way that you carry yourself, because of the way that you speak, because of your action, what, what you have done. Mm. If we're moving towards a digital landscape, this is a very, very difficult thing to achieve. We, I don't know if you've heard the stories with the the incoming freshmen, but they're having a very hard time connecting with one another. Because they only know each other through a computer. Do you really think you would have been able to make the connections that you did with your assistant principal? Absolutely not. Exactly, exactly. That's my concern, exactly. If we are moving towards a world where relationships with people that you do not know, that they're starting to go away, then that's my big concern. Because you get to a point where your personality no longer matters. What matters is more of a technological aspect of how how technologically literate you are rather than how so I'm saying, think people skills. Numbers game. Is skills. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. It's all a numbers game. Instead of, um, hey, hi, my name is Farhan, and I like to make things out of leather and play video games. Instead is, hi, 1049. Exactly. It's not even that. It's not even what? that. Let me give you two different examples. Okay. I can tell you right now, Hi, how's it going? My name's Elkin. My name's Elkin. I 
have a podcast with my friend Farhan. We've been going at it since December of last year, and I don't know, we're very happy with it. I think we're very passionate about this project. That's me talking to someone that I'm networking with. Mm-hmm. There's a very different impact between that and just writing in paper of Elkin, author, creator, slash co-host. Yeah. You know what? Podcast. Our podcast does not have that many views. So let's just say, I mean, we, we do okay. We do okay. Um, I'm happy, but to your point, hi, this is something I'm very, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm pitching it to an investor or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very uh, hi. I'm very passionate about this thing that I'm doing. I'm, I, I will lose sleep to make sure that this, I will go hungry to make sure that this project of mine goes to the moon, goes as like it succeeds to an astronomical extent. Through that, through my personality, through the words I say, through the relationship that I'm building, I may be able to convince that investor. But if I went up to an investor, hi, I have a podcast. My podcast has this amount of views, this amount of audience, the subscribers are this much. This is how much I'm making. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. In fact, almost, I'd say impossible. Right, you don't you don't get you don't get the same thing through numbers and um, when everything is actually. Do you do you believe in fate, Elkin? Do you believe in fate? I do not. No. I'm about to. I'm gonna try to blow your mind trying to explain this concept. It's not that I believe in fate, but there's a very compelling argument for fate. That I've heard. So. Take a take a pool table, right? And you have the you have the pool cue, you have the white ball. You hit the ball at an exact at, at any angle. If I'm given the variables of that situation, the force you hit the ball at the angle, the um the everything, like the yeah, then I can predict exactly where every single ball will land from that one strike. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. To that extent, think of the world, the universe, as trillions and trillions and trillions of pool tables. Yeah? So given the variables to every pool table in existence, I can predict the future. Do you see how that... I I do see it. I do see it. But let me give you a counter-argument, though. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What if I were to flip over that pool table, absolutely drop the balls everywhere? Uh huh. That's what life is for me. You can still, I, you can still, you can still predict where the where the balls are going to land and where they're going to stay. But I'll just keep moving them. I'm never going to stop moving the balls. The thing, the thing that I believe, at least, is is if someone were to tell me, mm. "You are going to become a multi billionaire in life at some point." They don't tell mm-hmm. me how, but that is my fate to become a multi-billionaire. Yeah. This is the reason why I don't believe in fate. Because if I just sit here and I do absolutely nothing, because I believe, oh, one day I'm going to become a multi-billionaire. I really, I don't need to worry. And I just sit here. I don't do anything. I am not going to become a multi-billionaire. That's okay. 
that's a that's a perception of fate that is different from the one that I am proposing. I'm saying there is a fate, but the fate is so inaccessible to us in terms of calculating it, in terms of calculating a future that it seems random. But there is one. There is a straight path. Right? That that's kind of what I'm saying. Not that like no one would have been able to tell you that. In fact, if someone had told you that, that would in fact be part of your fate. Right? Like, hey, Elkin, you're gonna be a billionaire. You sit on your you sit on you sit all day, don't do any don't do don't do nothing, you die poor. That was part of it. It was it was all part of it was it was one of the pool tables in the trillions and trillions of pool tables that lead to your death. Yeah? It hmm. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you know the saying? I think Stephen Hawking was the one that said this, but God does not only play dice, but he throws them where he cannot find them. There, there is definitely, I think, an aspect of what you are going to become based on where you grew up in, based Absolutely. on your economic status. That's most definitely a factor. Absolutely. However, I don't, I don't believe in fate because I, I still believe in free will. I believe that people do make certain choices that lead them certain places. And if there is fate, if there's a sense of fate, then you get to a point where does it really matter what I do with my life? If like there's a certain place where I'm going to reach no matter what I do. And so I think I think that's a very I I wouldn't like to look at life that way, even if there was. No, of course not. That's the worst way to look at life, but yeah. A possible way. That's what I'm saying. It it certainly is. However, if you look at the universe itself, it's a very random thing. The we don't even know where we're here. Science is usually so specific. We know the specific speed of light in a vacuum, but we do not know why humans are here that's an existential question why are we here and i don't know i think we we will never find an answer of why are we here exactly yeah why why do you think that it's there i believe that there is an answer but that answer is so out of grasp of our ability just general ability to comprehend that we will never be able to find the answer, but there is one. There is, there is, there is. No matter how I, I'm making this up as I go, but no matter how long and dark the tunnel, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. No matter you can see it or not, it is there. You, the, whether the tunnel be trillions and trillions of miles long, there is still light at the end of the tunnel, and the tunnel is a straight path. You don't know where you're going but you are going somewhere and it is a fixed path. You just don't know about it because you can't see, you can't observe it. Let me you give you an excerpt. That? Let me give you an excerpt of actually it's kind of a spoiler because I'm going to give, I'm going to be giving a speech um, that I myself, I myself wrote. It's called the life and uh, oh, maybe... nice title. <laughs> nice title. <yeah>. Nice, <laughs> nice title. <right>? Very original. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, oh I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it in, in, in school. It's part of a, um, a TED talk club. Yeah, yeah. It's a TED talk club that we're doing, and 
one 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 i think the most proud idea that i have from that that speech is that and someone else from my school helped me come up with this so i'm not taking credit completely for myself but mm-hmm. life is a very fluid thing it's something that can change in the blink of an eye maybe you got hit by a car maybe you won the lottery maybe you got a family uh, from out of nowhere life is full of surprises life is a fluid thing even the smallest pebble when it hits the water it creates it affects the shape of the water what i'm trying to get to is life is fluid like a liquid and so if we try to look for a solution to the question of why are we here if we try to look for a solid solution for a solution just a very solid thing we are not going to find it because and you're familiar with how code works Mm -hmm. you have one input and you have an output if you have an if you have an input that's fluid personally i don't believe it makes sense of an output that's solid i think the meaning of life is, is a fluid thing and like i said in my speech if we were to find an output that's solid then paradoxically we go back to square one because we found the meaning of life we no longer have a meaning and therefore must look for a new one mm. therefore must you know what i get from that it's all a pattern to find something look for a new something yeah uh, yeah it's all a pattern and if it's all a pattern who says this pattern can't be calculated and predicted not by us not now at least but eventually this pattern could possibly be predicted to an extent maybe we don't even have enough information to predict this insane pattern that is life but eventually maybe there's a pattern that let me connect this back because we went on an absolute completely different tangent on what the original topic of the podcast was as we usually do but let me connect it back to technology we could potentially reach the meaning of life using technology. What technology usually does is look for patterns in gigantic amounts of information. On the the video that I was watching on the documentary, they were able to diagnose people with Alzheimer's at a 99% efficient rate. Mm -hmm. You know how? How? You screamed into a mic. By screaming (laughs) to a mic they were able to analyze voices and like the sound of oh. wait 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 how did, how did i do that so like they, they made them scream and then they just waited till they get old no 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 no. let's say that i'm 50 years old 60 years old i go to this center where they test mm. and they give me they give me um just a recording and i go uh and depending on the frequency Mm-hmm. of that specific uh they're able to diagnose whether or not i have alzheimer's <laughs> which is crazy mm. it's absolutely crazy to me another way that they use that another method that they use is using your phone when you're walking depending on the frequency of your steps how high you raise your feet 
how low you raise your feet maybe. Apparently people with Alzheimer's tend to raise their feet lower than people without it. Interesting. Which is weird, but it's, efficient. it's an efficient thing. And like I said before, 99% of the diagnosis have been correct. Mm-hmm. Bringing it back to this, mainly the reason of why they haven't done it is because it's unethical to be sort of measuring the steps of a large amount of people when they why? don't want to be when what because they need they need to collect a lot of data and it's very hard to collect to get volunteers for this kind of work and so what they the, the, the reason why they don't collect it is because you're infringing upon the privacy of certain people mm-hmm. the same thing could apply to the meaning of life i think we could have found it by now if we were to monitor literally the life of every single person, collect that data, put it into a machine, and get an output, possibly you could reach it. I think the only thing between us and finding the meaning of life is consciousness. Because you think you think about something, and that prevents you from actually knowing it you can think about something forever that does not mean you're going to find the answer in fact it's improbable but you follow a sequence of steps outside of whatever um you follow a sequence of steps and you find the answer well when i your consciousness is something that is so detached from our physical reality that it's 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 it, it seems like the key it seems like what what we're missing because what is life if it's not consciousness you know mm. i think we we spent most of our lives thinking and not doing i think that's uh... the reason that's the reasons what machines are a lot more efficient than us the human brain is a lot more complicated and a lot more efficient than a computer will ever be at least i think However, we are not able to process things as fast as them because, like I mentioned, we think too much but do too little. Well, yeah. Anyways, I think we're ending up on the end of our time here, Elkin, right? I, I agree, man. I think we're good for now. Yeah, that was a good note to end on. We think too much but do too little. Well, Indeed. That's that's gonna set some fires, but we'll see. Uh, All right, we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Farhan, hope you have a great week. You too, man. All right, bye.